Hey everyone, welcome to an episode of Absolute Comics! My name is Benny, that is Sal, and every week we get together to talk about the latest comic books, what's going on in the world of movies, TV shows, and all of that kinds of jazz. Today is going to be a very special episode. We're going to have a discussion about Batman, we're going to talk about Red Hulk, probably the other way around, and then we're going to have an interview with Christopher Priest about Superman Lost and Batman, no, Vampirella 666. That's right. Bat yeah, Batman 666 would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to have a chat with possibly, because it's not being filmed yet, Declan Shelby about Thundercats. So if that isn't in this episode, you know why. <laughs> you know, I just don't get it. I don't understand what they're choosing to do with this Joker thing, what Chip's doing with the Joker thing. Because it was set up as, Joker, how do you know about Zeranar? And right. he's like, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, and then it segues into a book called Joker Year One. And it's like, right. you know what? That's a no-brainer. It makes sense. I get right. it from a marketing standpoint and even for a like popularity standpoint. I know a lot of vocal fans are like, oh, I'm kind of jokered out. And I completely understand, but makes sense. People are going to buy it. Sure. Yes. Then we get it. And it's like, it, it, it's two different timelines, neither of which are the present, one of which is a timeline I thought we left behind. Like we're, we're, we're looking at straight up zero year and it's not like it's interpretive. He's wearing the purple gloves. He's got like the, the ribbing on the black uh, portions of the costume. He's got the, 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 the chin jutting out of the red hood gang helmet. Like everything in there is zero year. And I'm like, yeah. that, and that's the first thing. Then we're in the future where Joker's dead, but there's like, but he's not because also there's like a virus of, uh, I actually like the idea of the virus Joker. What's it doing here? Right. Like the Joker virus plot, I feel like is a, like a, a, another book you can just write. Like what this whole thing is like, I'm so I'm shocked. It isn't like a, a black label book or a side project. And maybe it is maybe chip like pitched a, a, a black label Batman versus Joker book called Joker year one. And DC went, no, 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 no. Put this in the main book. Yeah. It, it's it's weird. And it doesn't even line up with what's going on with the Zuranar plot. Like, no, there's nothing in here where Batman's not doing his own thing. He's not acting like Zuranar. It's just nope. Joker being weird. Two timelines. None of it makes any sense. And I'm just like, what is happening? I know. I, I was I was baffled I, because, because Chip Zdarsky is a fantastic writer who yeah. understands character and tells a damn good story. This thing... Uh, and and I'm um, look. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, let him cook. Two more issues. It'll be there's amazing. Only one. No, no. There's more. There's three parts to Joker Year One. Yeah. Part three is next week. That's right. Because part two is this week. It's oh, out already. Oh, you haven't read part two. Oh, yet? I haven't even read part two. <laughs> oh, part two is where they reveal the training. Yeah. Is he unlocks the ability to not be afraid? What does that even mean? That I don't know. Like it's <laughs> literally like th th today's issue is like, hey. I'm afraid of Batman. It shows Joker is afraid of Batman after what okay. happened. He's okay, got trauma fair. from that. He's running right, for cool. Batman. I like so it. this trainer of Batman trains Joker to not be afraid. Joker kills the trainer. Naturally. And that's it. The future plot doesn't go anywhere as well. Uh -huh. Batman finds the original Joker, tricks him, and then we see what happened to the Bat family, and that's it. Oh. Like, nothing is happening. Damn it. <laughs> I, I don't know i just i thought uh yeah i forgot you weren't here last week so we couldn't talk about issue one so you're a issue behind on it yeah that's right that's right no but i did read issue uh the last week's issue and it was just like don't worry i i haven't spoiled anything because nothing happens <laughs> right that's even worse i mean like not and, and you know i don't want to bag on it i mean i I love chip's work it's just like it's it's frustrating all so. right so yeah i mean like 
you know, and 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 the 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 scuttlebutt, you know, people are complaining about it. People are like, I don't even understand what it's supposed to be. And I'm like, I mean, I'm there with you, man. I, yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest problem. Like, okay, so what? Joker got trained, but didn't really just uh, did. The, so he's trying to fight Batman, but he isn't really. Yeah. So he's trying to fight the Red Hood gang, but he isn't really. And then why is there a future plot in a flashback sequence story? Right. And 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 why is the art so great in it? Oh yeah, the, the well, it's, uh, oh, it's it Sorrentino. Yeah, Sorrentino freaking nails it. It's oh my god, great. Reddit's Reddit's a bunch of freaking morons. I saw a post this morning. Like, is Sorrentino using AI to recreate Batplex so he can trace it? And I'm like, no. You know what I'm getting tired of? Yeah, I, it, it is is the amount of people that have decided they can decide what's AI. Oh, I know. I could tell if it's AI. No, like the obvious ones, yes. Yeah, but no, you are not able. You're you are not going to sit here and tell me that Sorrentino. A first off, why did you assume he AI'd Batflex? Like, right. what are you talking about? Yeah, but AI'd Batflex and then traced over an AI Batflex. Like, why would they do that? What? Because like, he's like one of the most well-known artists out there. But hey, let's tank our career. No, you did not do that. You Reddit piece of shit. Yeah, he's an <laughs> artist. Artists find that concept discuss. You know, it's really rare to see that in, a, in an artist, especially one in a comic book artist. It's yeah, insane. But I'm just, I just find that I just just little side tangent side note. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just like please. <laughs> For those who are wondering who's here, we have Christopher Priest, and we're going to be talking about Vampirella six six six. Um, we'll be talking a little bit about Superman Lost as well, which I've been loving. So, that's right. <laughs> the only thing I haven't read is the last issue. It, that's the only thing I haven't read. So great to have you on here to talk about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hope it turned so, out okay. But but did you see nine? Did you get the cliffhanger on nine? I believe I did. I because I, I, the latest one came out and I looked at it, it was like read all the way up. All right, I'm caught up, and then I forgot the last one came out. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I, I mean, it was a really big cliff cliffhanger at the end of issue issue nine, which I won't give up here. But uh, I think if you had if you had read that issue, you'd go, "Oh hell yeah, I saw that cliffhanger." You have a lot to explain. You maybe not as caught up as you. Well, no, the only issue I we run into, and I know Sal, is that we have to read so many comics for our job. I know. It's true, yeah. So I, like, I, on average, I'm reading about 20 to 30 a week. So sometimes plots I enjoy, I kind of pseudo forget until the next issue drops. And then I yeah. start it, and I'm like, oh, right, that's what happened! <laughs> so the problem that I that I, I have traditionally had as a, as a writer is that I tend to write fairly complex stories that that hang left cur that, and throw curves at you here and there. Yes. Uh, and a lot of comic book fans, they 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 have their pull list they, and they go and they pick their, their stack up, you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever at whatever day of the month of the week, whatever, however it works. Yeah. And then they go home with it and they start ripping through this stack of comics. Uh -huh. And some of them are posting reviews and some of them are, are more active in fandom or whatever the story is. You know, and I'll get these reviews where they have completely missed the point of the story. And I'm thinking, that's because you read it too fast and you can't do that with my stuff. Right. You know, oh, I agree. Uh, Yours uh, you is know, in it, my stack of, I have to pay. Like, there's some writers that these I got to pay attention. These right. are breezy reads that I can just kind of flip through a whole bunch in a hurry. I never mastered breezy. I never, <laughs> I, I failed that class. Yeah. So I, 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 would, I would read like Denny O'Neill stuff. And then Denny started tutoring or, 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 or mentoring me and then he started mentoring Frank Miller who came in after me you know and then I started reading Frank stuff and even though I knew Frank you know on a personal level you know uh I just started to just completely become like this fanatic you know uh follower of, of his work and I would read his you know Frank Miller Daredevil and you get to that last page and you're pissed because it's the last page and because you, yeah. you hit the letters page like oh no 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 there's got to be more you know, <laughs> no more, you know? 
And then you just sit there and you go, you know, at the end of the, the song, you just go, holy crap. Yeah. You know, and that's how intense it was and how dense it was and how involving it was. And he makes you think and he makes you consider, you know, and 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 sometimes he'll split his audience up where Sal will think one thing and Benny, Benny will think, no, no, that's not what Kingpin's after. He's after this other thing. And right. we can fight about that. And that, I think, is the kind of experience that I'm trying to bring to people. So don't go flipping through my comic books because you're going to miss something. Well, it's Superman true. Lost is a great example because whenever the new issue would come out, I made sure that it was like one of the last things I read. Because well, <laughs> if it's one of the first things I read, a lot of times it will just get lost in all, all the other stuff I'm reading for the day. Mm -hmm. I had to read, and I, I opened it up nine to see if this is what I was thinking your cliffhanger was. Oh, I know yes. what that cliffhanger is. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was okay. I, heart stopping, like, oh, my God. Yeah, you didn't want to spoil it. So I won't spoil the cliffhanger. But yeah. I will say when I read your cliffhanger, my reaction was, Oh, it's not in canon. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the first thing I said. Yeah, uh, actually, we actually, actually, I got a call. Um, actually, my editor, excuse me, got a call about that cliffhanger because she never like cleared it with people upstairs or whatever. Uh -huh. And somehow, <laughs> once it started circulating circulating around the office, all of a sudden now now we're getting like you know heat from. Uh, like as high up as say you know uh, Jim Lee or the studio, you know where they're just going, okay, ho ho ho, wait a minute, Whoa. what's going on here? <laughs> what are you, you doing? Know, hey, hey, we didn't clear yeah. this up, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, and I would just kind of scratch my head. Go, well, it's an evergreen story, right? Uh, yeah. The difference between evergreen and Elseworlds is Elseworlds is a story that can't possibly happen in the DC universe. An evergreen story, like my Batman versus Deathstroke, um. Uh, that's a story that could have, that may have happened or that may yet happen. So it, it's, it's written to not violate any of DC's continuity mm -hmm. while, you know, obviously not necessarily being in DC's continuity, but either right. way we rattled some cages there because we just thought we're all over here in our corner, having our little Superman party, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the Superman group editor and then, you know, Marie and then people above there to go, Oh, what's, what's outrage. <laughs> What's Priest doing? Stop him. He's crazy. <laughs> Stop you at issue nine out of ten. How yeah. often how often does that happen? Because I know we've we've seen inklings of it in the industry where something like, you would you would assume because things have to be written and then approved and edited and then drawn. Yeah. And it's like yeah. a laborious process to make yes. something manifest. Uh how often does it happen where someone goes, Oh, sorry, I know you're on issue eight, but what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's it's kind of like uh i think you know uh there are things that we probably need to clear with the higher ups and we try to clear everything that's that we think is remotely controversial but sometimes sometimes i just don't think something is controversial well there you go you know but but you know i was getting hammered regularly on black adam and it was just kind of like boy did they regret giving me that book because i <laughs> you know i was just doing stuff that was just making everybody nervous like uh mm -hmm. you know in one issue there's this there's this this jordanian pilot who's pissed off at black adam because black adam in in his rage black adam uh, had accidentally killed the guy's family because he had just some super fight whatever anyway so here's this rogue pilot in a fighter jet you know, and he's going to attack Kondok and, and Black Adam all but begs him not to. And the guy and the guy just refuses. I'm, I'm mad at you. I'm going to do it. So Black Adam ends up destroying the jet. OK, and then two issues later, there is a passenger jet about to crash in Tel Aviv. 
Okay, and Black Adam's passing by and he sees his jet about to crash and he saves the jet and keeps the jet from crashing Tel Aviv. So now everybody in conduct is pissed at him because right. he destroyed the Islamic jet and he saved the Jewish jet. Right. So phones start ringing all over Warner Brothers. Like, oh, <laughs> hey, whoa, hey, what, wait, 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 what's going on here? Whoa, yeah. hey, what's, you know, what, you know, but, but I'm, I'm like, if you're doing a story about a, a, about a, 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 a leader of a, a head of state, you know, in the Middle East, then there's going to be all these implications. All his neighbors want him to engage in Islamic law, and, you know, and that kind of thing. And then yeah. you have these separatists, and you got to have all these issues here. And then I cast Chris Rock as his, as his, as his Robin, as his sidekick. And then, <laughs> and then they objected to everything he said, everything <laughs> that 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 Bolt, the sidekick, said. He mentions Michael Jackson, and they redlined it. And I was like. All he said was Michael Jackson. He didn't say anything about Michael Jackson. Right. He, just, he, he, you know, he just said, like, you know, I don't care who you are. You, you got to wait outside if you want to. He, he's a, an intern, a doctor. You got to wait outside to see me. You got to wait your turn. You know, and, 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 and uh, you know, Black Adam's like, yes, but I'm Lord of Conduct. And he's just, he's at, at, Lord of Conduct, Prince, Michael Jackson, all got to wait. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, you know, eh, you can't mention Prince, you know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, well. Well, it's it's fun because you've written some of the best stories that I've read, uh, and like like we were just saying, your stories are the kinds that I put aside, and I want to make sure that I'm actually understanding. Because of with your stories, I always feel like if I miss a panel and then I go two issues later, you're like, wait, what? Hold on, <laughs> like Superman Lost was that the whole way through? I'm reading through it, and like I get to the end of one book, and I read it a little too fast. I'm like, I gotta reread this because why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you've chosen to go to Vampirella because you're helping with the 666 Dynamite reboot of Vampirella, right? Well, I've been on Vampirella forever. I've been Have you? Vampirella. I've been I've been writing Vampirella since 2018. Yeah, um, I did not like. So I I actually have a little bit of a history of Vampirella. I have read okay. classic Vampirella. Yeah, and I've seen the more recent years where there was attempts to kind of like go away from making her only the sex symbol. There was like yeah. the anime attempt and the more like softer attempt with a full body outfit and things like that. Right. And I never got super into the Vampirella lore. I understand Vampirella is actually an alien. I understand the rules <laughs> behind Vampirella, but never gone beyond that. And it's always been something I found interesting, but I never dived into just because Vampirella is so big and sprawling. It's always been difficult to find a jumping on point. Mm -hmm. yep. And so yep. 666 sounds like that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make that point for fans like me that are interested but don't really know more beyond the baseline Vampirella lore. Well, uh, that's a polite way of putting it. Actually, I'm begging <laughs> you. I'm begging, <laughs> pleading with all of you. Please, please give us a shot. Please, you know, it's 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 the damnedest thing. When I was writing Deathstroke, uh, there was a large group of people who just refused to read Deathstroke because they assumed they knew what was in it. Uh, because they'd look at the cover and here's Deathstroke with a bloody sword, or you, you know, he's snarling and whatever the story was, you know, and they just assume the book is about this, this, this mass murderer and it's bloody and who cares, yeah. you know? Um, and that's not at all what Deathstroke was. Deathstroke was about the world's worst dad. Yeah. Okay. It was about this guy who loved and wanted to be loved, but who was capable of neither. So he would do stupid stuff like have his own daughter, you know, uh, put out a hit on his own daughter so yeah. he could spend time with her, you know, protecting her from the, <laughs> <laughs> assassins you know uh yeah. he was just kind of you know house md with a machine gun he was like this this really dysfunctional guy who just happened to have his day job where you know so vampirella you know people look at the covers and yeah you know, and here's a sexy girl with skull oh it's about a sexy girl with a skull and she yeah. bites everybody in the neck and you know and and they think they know what the book is about right 
Uh, but the book is about a single girl trying to make it on her own in the big city. And she just, mm, just, just happens to be a vampire from outer space. <laughs> I always detail. found the vampirella story. The you're always like, she's a vampire from outer space. Like that right. second line has always been like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, different writers have different interpretations and thank God dynamite allows me my own. So I hope nothing I say is offensive to other Vampirella writers, but this is the priest interpretation. This is our unique corner of the dynamite universe and our continuity uh, where our series is, is just more, uh, you know, it, it's less life, about yeah. demons and witches and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And it's more about uh, this person who wants all, it's about Casper the Friendly Ghost. You know, <laughs> you, you people are way too young to remember, but Casper the Friendly Ghost was a cartoon in the 1960s. And it was about this dead baby, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, who, who went around and, and he wanted all the things that you want. He wanted community and friends and love and, and all that stuff. And he just wanted to hang out and have fun. You know, he was like, like Michael Jackson, sort of. Anyway, <laughs> so, you know, except that at some point in the story, inevitably, the people he was making fun with, uh, he, was, he was making friends with, would realize that he's a dead baby and dead babies are scary. And they'd go, oh, it's a ghost, and they'd run away. Okay, yep. so this is Vampirella, and she, she wants what we want. She wants community and friends and love and all this other stuff. But she has a maniacal mom who's making trouble with her. She, he has, she has a twin sister, an evil twin. You got to have an evil twin. Come on, come on. Yeah, it's going to be a you melodrama. Know. You got to have <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, she has this friend, Benny the Witch, and she has this uh, uh, love interest named uh, a Victory. Um, and, and this whole community of people. And it's kind of like the HBO series Girls about young people in the, in, 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 uh, in the big city and, uh, and what becomes of that. And it's just, she just happens to be a vampire from outer space. Right. Um, it's just but it's a lot of fun. Idea. She has a, she, she sees a psychiatrist and, and uh, she exists in a, in a world that does not believe in vampires first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So nobody actually believes in vampires or werewolves or any of that stuff. And she's seeing a psychiatrist and a psychiatrist just thinks she's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that is a practical explanation for all of this and everything she's talking about. So the therapist is trying to work through it, and the therapist is based strongly on Samuel L. Jackson. You know, <laughs> so he's this you know very gregarious, you know, and he calls her you know crazy space bitch, you know, and and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's That's uh, the therapist calling her crazy space. The, the therapist calls her crazy space. You know, do I have? Treats crazy space bitches written on my door. <laughs> Answer me. Do I have crazy space? You know, you know, you, it's 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 a great book that that it's just hard to get people past the cover onto the inside because they assume they know what the book is about. Of course, the book is a lot of fun. It's got a lot of humor. It's got a lot of poignancy. Uh, it's it's it, if you like what I do at all on Quantum and Woody on on Black Panther on Deathstroke, you know, on Superman Lost. If you like anything about what I do, it's all here in, in, in the Vampirella thing. So 666 gives us a chance to kind of catch our breath and jump on here. And what we're doing is we are turning the clock back to literally the first issue that Aragon Gundus, my artist, that Aragon and I did uh, for, the, for the 50th anniversary. Um, so if you've never read the book before, Here's your chance. You, you get the you get the Jetsons, you know, theme song. You know, George Jetson, Jane, his <laughs> wife, their boy Elroy, and you know, everybody comes on stage. All the characters take a bow and they do something that sort of shows you who the character is. And then they, you know, so here's your chance. 
Now, if you have been reading the book and you already are familiar with the book and the characters and so forth, you will immediately know that 666 is complete bullshit. <laughs> that none of this is right. That, oh, wait, what happened here? And if you are familiar with the book, you will 666 will be hilarious. It's a hilarious okay. story to people who know what they're looking at. If you've never read the book before, that's fine. You'll enjoy it on a different level as it's an introduction to the series. And here we go. But if you have been reading it before, you will immediately go, what the hell is Priest up to now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that description kind of reminds me of what they did with Invincible when they did the reboot. It's oh, yeah. Like, what's happening here? Like, it, it was a good jumping on point, but, but if you've but been reading, yeah. Right. If yes. you've been reading, you were like, no, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of the gag that we're doing here. And then okay. you know, we're, we're, we're returning to a monthly schedule. So we'll do 666, 667, 668, nice. and so forth. Is it, now, is it is it the true legacy numbering of 666? Or are you guys just jumping? <laughs> well, uh, I just work here. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> you have to mm -hmm. ask the publisher, you know, but we were, you know, we were, you know, we had uh, wrapped up our 20th anniversary run with one, with 25. And yep. then uh, I did a couple of mini series. We did year one. And then we did a couple of bookend series about her possibly marrying Dracula, depending on how you look at it. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, then, and then Nick was like, well, we, we would like to return to the monthly uh, schedule. So we were going to do Vampirella 26 and pick it up from there. But some <laughs> genius, and I, I, I consider Nick a genius. He's a marketing genius. He's my God, my marketing God. You know, uh, it might have been Nick or or somebody else up there that just said, you know, if we factor in the Warren run, the, the Harris run, and you, you know, carry the one and the coefficient and, you know, that kind of thing <laughs> that we're probably up to, you know, uh, issue 666. So why not go with it? And I think it's a great idea and it's getting a lot of attention. We got a good buzz out there. Yeah. This, this, this issue you have up on your screen, it's, they, they're doing a special variant with this foil cover and they have, they, they sent them to my house and I got to sign all these, foil covers things and i hope i don't smear them you know, oh sure you know, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of, of when i looked it up a lot of covers came up so i went with one that was that's it that's that's cake. the foil one yeah that is the foil yeah. one okay yeah that's perillo yeah <laughs> nice but there's a whole bunch of them out there um at, at any rate i just uh, i think uh ergun is uh my artist i think he's a genius he has a sort of animation style you know that is very unique and he, do, he does his wonderful things with with colors and airbrushes and uh, he's had a long time to work on 666 because I wrote this, I don't know, like half a year ago or whatever it was. Oh, wow. So he's had a plenty of time to work you on this You must be way ahead of schedule with how much And it's like, a well, yeah. we, we hope we stay there, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got three or four issues in the can before this one even comes out. So we're, we're in good shape. Uh, but 666 is really a labor of love and the intensity that he brings to it and just how gorgeous every panel of this thing is forget me the art on this thing is outstanding yeah yeah it looks incredible i'm excited because when they sent this over and they brought it up they were like hey we would like you to talk about vampirella 666 it's a fresh jumping on point that's how it was pitched to me which right. is why in my head i'm like oh so they got christopher priest of course you want to promote this like <laughs> yeah like, yeah but I mean, he, I was like, he's been on it for the last six years that's yeah I'm, I'm old hat on vampirella i i i just i, I you know in this business you're always expected you're always expecting somebody to hand you your hat. Yeah. You know, it's like coaching the Yankees. You know, sooner or later, yep. you're going to, okay, it's been, it's been nice having you. Uh, you know, uh, we'll, Don Pardo will have parting gifts, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. 
and I'm just uh, really surprised and uh, and grateful uh, that they want me to stick around and that we've, in fact, just before I jumped on here, I was exchanging notes with my with my editor about you know new and more nefarious things. So we're doing even more stuff, you know, yeah. uh, you know, down the road here. It's exciting, man. I I, uh, I love the approach. I know that um, you have kind of an opinion regarding how and i know that, again this is uh about vampirella and about the the way they sell it because i mean the 6666 it's a great <sighs> idea but i know that you have a thought about um how they're presenting the tone and the vibe of this book you know there it's because vampirella is constantly at odds with like the roots the origin her kind of like exploitative visual style sure. versus what she actually conveys in the in the text I think that what I'm trying to write is I'm trying to write, and I want to be very careful about how I phrase this because yes. out come the thumbs. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to write a book that uh, would appeal to women. Mm. That I'm trying to write a, a book about. This might as well be Wonder Woman, right? You know? Okay. Um, she doesn't. She's not an icon of purity, but she has a certain sweetness to her, and she tries to do the right thing. But more than that, I want to make her an actual three-dimensional, living, breathing person, and not just work the suit. If right. you know what I mean. Yes. You know, it reminds um, me of the Zenoscope approach back when they used to do only cheesecake covers, but then you'd read the book, and it's like, wow, this is actually like it has substance. Yeah, yeah, there's real yeah. substance to this, but you'd you never know. You would never know because the covers were all just, and they were always trying to sell the nude covers, and you're like. But you open the. I remember Jungle Book was one of the ones that I really enjoyed, and it was like this is mm -hmm. a really solid story, and you you kind of ruin it with this cover. Yeah. Well, you know that's what I'm trying to get to, but except that I acknowledge the fact that these are also collector items, you right. know, and right. that uh, uh, the job of publishing is to pay the electric bill, you know, and keep the lights <laughs> on, you know, uh, so that. Uh, 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 you know, a lot of times in comics, especially now more than ever, you know, the, you know, it's they're like trading cards where the covers are the trading cards yeah. and the actual story, the substance of the book, that's the gum. And right. whoever cared about the gum, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't mean to be critical of dynamite for, no. for the creative approach. Uh, you know, uh, they make the covers collectors items. But much like the Deathstroke covers, I think it's kind of uh, difficult for people who don't already read the book to get past the cover to get inside it because they assume, based on the cover, they they judge the book by the cover, and, yeah. and that's that's kind of what happens. Which is why I've, you know, uh, you know, which is why I'm here today and, uh, <laughs> to try and get uh, it out there. Yeah, and 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 also I, I I and I meant to do this, Benny. I meant to because uh, I've been sending people. Uh, I meant to send you a a little PDF that that's just a, a a Vampirella sampler where I've taken like two or three scenes from our run that will explain what the book is about and okay. put them together in a PDF for you to post wherever you like and let anyone download them, look through them, whatever like that. But here's a chance to get past the cover and see this is what this book is about, and hopefully you'll see that it's funny and it's touching. And that this is a character that's worth following, that that we have attempted to breathe real life into, um, and uh, she just happens to be a vampire from outer space. Exactly. So it just happens to be that. That's all, right? Let's also, the thing you I, I want to I'm like Sex in the oh, City, sorry. but vampire yes. from outer space. Well, yeah, and, and <laughs> exactly. Actually, actually, I was getting ready to say something similar. Where I just go, you know, the sexuality in our series. You know, it, this is this is 
her sexuality, these are her choices. She's in charge of, 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 of all of that. These are her decisions. You know, she's never this, this, this hapless victim of, of whatever, you know, where she's left brokenhearted because, you know, some guy's taking advantage of her or whatever the story is. And, you know, it's, it's not that exploitive, you know, uh, uh, idea. It is a very empowering book, uh, you know, uh, or, or at least a book that is uh, about an empowered, uh, uh, fully realized, uh, uh, self-realized uh, character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's funny as heck in some places. <laughs> Well, I'm excited. Like I said, I, when you guys initially set this over, I'm like, well, I'm going to finally check out Vampirella properly instead of just like a couple oddball stories here and there and then being confused. But I'll email you the PDF, though, because you, okay. you might get some of it from 666. But <laughs> let me email you like, OK, here's just a brief you know, primer on right. this is Christopher Priest version of Vampirella. Yeah, so a, vamp- a vampler, if you will. Uh- <laughs> ah, 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 why did I think of that? <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, I'm so old. <laughs> that was uh, brilliant. Well, thank you. Very well, brilliant. Sal, did you want to add anything to it, or no? I mean, I'm I'm excited to check it out. Uh, I, I I'll, I'll keep an eye out for the vampler, but uh, in the meantime, <laughs> uh, that book is. I'm renaming coming- that file right now. <laughs> and as I understand it, that book is uh, 66 dropping tomorrow. That is uh, yes. Valentine's Yes, day. that oh, one's yes. lined up. The, the other mm-hmm. book they wanted to talk about, Thundercats, I don't know when that comes out because it didn't line That's up. That's out already. <laughs> I couldn't is find it. Already? We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, it, came out, uh, it came out last week. Oh, wow. Okay, okay thank right. you. I'm not the only one because I thought it was, and then I'm like, where where is it? No, I read, I I read I it. I got it. <laughs> oh, that's a, uh, you know, I'm excited for that too. And so congratulations. That's, that's a real get for Dynamite. Yeah. And uh, really looking forward to that book as well. Yeah, totally. But thank you so much uh, for being here. I hate to cut our time a little bit short, uh, Christopher Priest, but you are amazing. I don't mean to say your name in full, but it's also weird (laughs) because I wasn't here when you first showed up. So I don't know if you like Chris, Christopher, Mr. Priest. I don't. (laughs) Whichever way the check clears. That's okay. That that sounds good to me. (laughs) But you have a great day, and we'll be making sure everyone checks out Vampirella, and I'll be sending out the Van Vampler. Vampler. I was gonna say Vampirella, and I was like, "It's not it. No, Vampirella." <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Bugs Bunny is talking about Vampirella. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Sal. This was a natural transition from whatever came before this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you see that Red Hulk is pretty much all but confirmed thanks to Crew Jackets? I mean, uh, I did see the Crew Jackets, but for me, the reason why I know Red Hulk was confirmed is because even though. We lost William Hurt, who played General Thunderbolt Ross, who is Red Hulk. We needed to recast him. That alone. Because, because they like, not, don't kill off characters without I, I, a freaking thought. I love like, his portrayal of General Ross, but he too. wasn't in a place where we needed him to come back. No. No, it actually would have been fine if he didn't come back. Especially if, and there's another thing I saw... Mark Ruffalo said that Kevin Feige has like told him personally. And I think he said it. He's like, I can't talk about more. He's like, we will never make a solo Hulk movie. Right. Like that is over. I'm, so, which I'm still shocked by, because there was all the rumors that they were finally moving forward with a solo. Maybe, maybe the reaction to She-Hulk killed any. Oh Hulk. my God. It could be that that just really, they were like, yeah, no, we're going to test it with this show that costs way too much money. And yep. it will only appeal to a very small, narrow amount of, of, pe- of people. And uh, oops, it didn't work out. Who'd have thought? But, you know, from a marketing standpoint, they could have had a very low bar for it and be like, hey, yeah. if, it, if it appeals and like people will like it, we'll do that. But maybe the She-Hulk show has soured 
a Hulk in general. Oh my like, God. Yeah. They like, might've poisoned the well for yeah. Hulk. Like where marketing's just like, you know what? Don't even talk about Hulk anymore. We're going right. to try this red Hulk thing. Right. But uh, the fact that they're not going to make any solo Hulk movies for me says, well, then you don't need Thunderbolt Ross because one of the things I really, really wanted to see was Mark Ruffalo's Hulk go uh, go up against Thunderbolt Ross because we got him in the in the Recoverable Hulk movie, which is technically part of the MCU, but with a completely different actor. Yeah. I love Thunderbolt Ross. It would have been really awesome to see him like have a real problem with the Avengers because they embraced the Hulk. It would have been awesome, but instead they just didn't do that. But then William Hurt passed away, and it's like, all right, you know what? If we're never going to put him in anything there are other Red Hulks. You, you could do something else with it. But they were like, no, Harrison Ford, one of the least interested actors who in the, in, for uh, this he kind of outright said, I want nothing to do with franchises. Yeah. So how much are they paying him to do this? All of it. Like, I mean, it's gotta be everything, but like for, he's gonna be the Red Hulk. Can you imagine Harrison? Ford? There's no way Harrison Ford is wearing a mocap suit and doing no. a thing. Like not even a little bit. You think, can you imagine him wearing that head, that headgear thing with it? Like that like mirrors your facial expression. Maybe he wants to, maybe that's that, maybe that's why he agreed. Right. Right. He's well, like, I've always wanted to do a mocap suit thing. Well, be prepared to see that one and only one time ever in the history of the MCU, because there's no way you're going to convince him to do it twice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but so they, they recast him as, uh, as, as Harrison Ford. That says immediately, oh, well, then he's going to be the Red Hulk, because there's no other reason to need General Ross in these I, movies anymore. No, you're 100% right. We have enough characters, and they can introduce other characters, and they can do whatever they wanted. There was no reason to bring back Thunderbolt Ross. And right. on top of that... Yeah, there's no reason to stunt cast Thunderbolt Ross. No, <laughs> no. If you want to bring back the Red Hulk, have another fun actor that's like maybe a little younger than either Harrison Ford or William Hurt. I, I don't know why they didn't go that route. Like, I'm you shocked. Could easily, you, you could still go stunt casting if you wanted, but you're right. There's no way they're going to bring back Harrison Ford for another movie. Right. Why wouldn't you get someone who's down to be the villainous Red Hulk for multiple movies? Why right. wouldn't you go that route? Uh, unless Red Hulk is either gonna die, which sucks. Or he's going to be Red Hulk forever. Like General, General Ross, like I'll never transform back into Red General <laughs> Ross. I'll always look like someone else. I mean, he kind of does, doesn't he? He doesn't turn back for quite a while. He's it's kinda... true. He does. He does stay that way. But like, eventually he does come back. You know, he does change back. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird. It's a weird decision. But on the, uh, on the crew jackets, they were like, ah, let's just give it all away. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that's the logo. Like, so the logo, if you haven't seen it, folks, uh, you'll see it on the screen. But it's a, it's a big red Hulk hand holding the Captain America shield. <laughs> yeah, like, which, oh, okay. Wouldn't that be the greatest red herring ever, though? If like in the end of all of this, there is no red Hulk. Oh my god, that'd be outrageous. Yeah, the red hand is actually uh, we brought back Red Skull. He found his body and he's back <laughs> here and he's another actor and we're moving on. Man. Bucky's not in this movie, right? Bucky's in Thunderbolts. Which... But, Bucky should is supposed to be in Thunderbolts, but I'd heard they brought back everybody. I, I'd heard they were planning on bringing back William Hurt. Liv Tyler might be Betsy or Betty Ross in this movie. So um, we're gonna have a Hulk movie without the Hulk. I think the leader's in it. I think the guy who played the leader in the Incredible Hulk movie, or at least the proto leader. Like, so you think getting... they're gonna bring back Mark Ruffalo even for a cameo? You can't. You can't do the whole Hulk cast without Mark Ruffalo. I would be crestfallen if they do. Like essentially a backdoor Hulk movie with no Hulk in it. It's it's all Falcon, right? <laughs> I mean, it's all Falcon. Like I mean, I would love to see Falcon and Hulk team up and do a movie, but like, right. Why do we have another team up movie? Like we did Ragnarok, that worked out great. Exactly. Yes. Yes, it works really well. I mean, that would be really disappointing because I want to see the leader. I want to see well, Betty no Ross. Mark Ruffalo on set. I know. 
and he's pretty leaky. So I imagine he'd uh, <laughs> he'd give it away. So but uh, but then the other thing is, oh no! But he's a father, and Scar sucks. Will Scar be in this movie? Oh no! I know with his horrible haircut and his bad CG. No, like, I, I don't. I, I, am I wrong? I thought we were just that like the MCU was kind of ignoring She Hulk. Because she all broke the fourth wall and did a bunch of weird stuff that you could easily get. It doesn't work. Now we undid that. I mean, I love She-Hulk. I think that uh, Tatiana made it. Because honestly, I think the last two episodes you can just ignore. Well, yeah. The first eight work. Yeah. You know, Matt Murdock shows up. She-Hulk and Jen will exist. Jen is great. I love all of that. I want She-Hulk to be in the MCO. I love her design. I like the way that. Oh, I want her to continue doing it. I don't. Her show didn't work the way anyone wanted it to. No. But. Put her in. She'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. Her. Yeah, and we brought back, uh, you know, Matt, and he's great. And, you know, I really like the yellow suit, even though it's not coming back for the for the Daredevil show. Um, but, yeah, we need to, we need to drop that. We need to drop that Hulk baby. Like a, like, well, the like last episode is all fourth wall breaking nonsense. It is weird, isn't it? So it's like, so yeah, you can no, just it, ignore that last episode. You really Because that's the one where, too, where Daredevil just drops out of the sky because she's like, and Daredevil's here. And he's just like, what's up? I'm back. That's true. Like, like you could literally just ignore that whole... Because it's the same thing with Hulk. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, Bruce is back. And I got a son. Like, the whole episode. Yeah, and everyone's like, we didn't like... Someone could even make that joke. If She-Hulk was in another movie, maybe this one, and and someone's like, hey, doesn't Hulk have a son? She's like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) Or no, no no one liked that ending. No one liked that. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. So I don't don't think think Scar is coming back at all. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I, I genuinely hope you're right, because Scar sucks. But hopefully Hulk's in this Captain America movie, because, like, it's essentially a Hulk movie. Hey, everyone, welcome to the segment where we're talking with, is it Declan Shelby? Is that how you say it? Okay. About Thundercats number one. Today, I had to bring Sal along for this interview, because, one, it's the show that Sal's on, so why wouldn't he be here? And, two, Sal's the Thundercats fan and the Declan Shelby fan, so it makes way more sense. (laughs) Yes. So, what I'm getting is you're not a... Yeah, so you're not a Declan Shelby fan? I'm I'm out of no, here. No, no, we're both Declan <laughs> Shelby fans. I yeah. uh You're yeah, telling well, me the books you've written. I'm like, oh, I did read that. Like yeah. I am the worst person ever to match the name with what I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I'll rant and rave about what I enjoy, but I won't know who did it. Right. <laughs> it's okay, man. I mean that's actually I think that's actually normal. Sure. Most of yeah. us who even got into this stuff didn't know it was a thing until you you kind of do look up the names like oh real people do this stuff right yeah you forget it when you're when you're making it you forget that you you, you used to also be that person you know? right <laughs> well the issue i run into and we had to have the same discussion with christopher priest i have to read and sell as well like 30 to 50 books a week so we just read such mass quantities we don't catch yeah. who's doing what half the time yeah sure so anyway uh, thundercats let's kick this off were you a fan of Thundercats before or after you picked up this writing gig? <laughs> <laughs> I became more of a fan. <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. You know, what are these cat thunder things? Um, no, uh, no. I was, I was a fan. <clears throat> it's kind of both. I was. I remembered loving it as a kid. I mean, I did love it as a kid. I it, it it like blew my mind. But I also have a terrible memory, so I didn't really remember a lot of specifics. I just remembered loving it. I knew the characters. I had the toys. Um, and <clears throat> it's kind of funny thinking of it in, in like terms of like how well the book is done, but um, I didn't think anyone would care about the Thundercats <laughs> book. I just thought, you know, like this would be a cool book. Like I remember these characters; they were really fun. Like 
it'd be cool to go back and look at the world and try build like a new thing um, and you know a new a new series um, that would be f- it's like a fun creative challenge um, and that's all I thought I thought like it would just do you know like a licensed book t- tends to do um, I'm, my aspirations were just just do a cool book and um, then all of a sudden people started ordering the f- out of it like so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, the, the the meteoric success of the first issue is uh, it's got to be like just just not only is it fantastic for Dynamite and it's great uh, as an indication, but it also must have uh, uh, it couldn't hurt the the Declan Shally brand a little bit to be like, well, maybe my rates should go up a little bit. I mean, I am on the number one book of the week. <laughs> yeah, maybe this uh, this new thing called tremendous success uh, is something that could add to uh, my my fledgling career of like who the guy from that thing. Ah, well, you're, I'll, I'll you're, when it. I hear your name on things, I'm like, oh crap, it's gonna be cool. Like you, you're, you're, you're Moon Knight, your Punisher, your Venom, uh, yeah. you know, just your covers for the Magneto series. Like, there's a ton of like, oh, that's, that's a, a deep dive, show. man. That's, no, that's the Magneto series. People love that book. See, I told uh, you, well, I, I got, a, I got your fan here. You're my co-host. That's why last yeah, week, yeah, I was no, like, I'm just saying this a long time ago. <laughs> Those books are like ten. You go back ten years. No, that can't be possible. Yeah, I know. So it's funny about the Thundercats one being such a success. So last week we were supposed to originally do this interview and Dynamite didn't send a copy to read. So I went to go buy the book to read and it wasn't on anything. So I that's just how thought, we're getting all those sales. I <laughs> want to do podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> I, it wasn't on like digital. I couldn't find it on like the local store, and I just thought they had the release date wrong. Yeah. It was only in the interview with Christopher you know, Priest before this that I was. He, he's like, oh, it's out. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's out. <laughs> I've heard a few places that it's they can't get a copy because it's gone. But like, I mean, there's a lot of them out there. Like, um, I guess some shops just ordered heavy, others didn't. Um, mm-hmm. and now they're ordering again because it's got a, it's getting a second printing. Yeah. Oh, not congratulations. You know? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure or anything. It's just, right. It just it means nothing to me at this stage. It's just numbers. You might as well just be throwing symbols at me. I don't understand anymore. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. No, I am like so. I just, I, it it is great. It's it's really really cool to be like. I think, you know, if my career was just doing cool kind of smaller books, that that was kind of how I saw things, and I was perfectly happy with that. I I, I want to do cool things. I want to work on cool projects, and um, you know, smash hit books are not that common, um, right. unless you're working on your Batman's or your Spider Man's. But right. they're all they're all you know it's kind of winning the lottery to get that stuff yeah so for this to happen with other countries i mean it's 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 really really cool um like it's it's great so many people are excited about i mean you know from doing lots of creator own books uh, which i'm very so subtly advertising um, <laughs> oh you mean like uh what's it called uh time over time or uh <laughs> yes I will, this one no but time over time as well um but no it, you know it, it, it's very hard Is to old dog no no uh, time before time <laughs> <laughs> That came out it's a couple a, of years ago. Though. It's it's hard I to know, generate. You keep diving. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we're going. Let's go back to here, regulars. Um, <laughs> the uh, it's um it's really it's hard to generate enthusiasm and buzz, and from somebody who pushes their own work a lot, very very hard to do that. So to just kind of like accidentally end up in a book where there's tremendous buzz and excitement is um it's it's really cool it's a little overwhelming but um you know it, it, it's it's just genuinely cool to see some people excited even if they're not happy you know there's some people yeah. who are hate what's happening and <laughs> i think i was talking to drew at one stage i'm like a book sells this much plenty of people are gonna hate it right um, yeah. just love yeah, like, that's just that's yeah exactly it's just a, like mass 
the mass amount of people who have bought it increases the amount of people who are going to not like it, but also like it. So um, it's very I mean, strange. We deal with that all the time on YouTube. Like if a video goes viral and then goes farther than normal. And so mm. it seems like every other person you end up getting because it's popular is why they're there. Yeah. Suddenly these are all the ones that are hating on you. And like, I feel like True. that's what you're kind of dealing because now, oh, Thundercats is popular. It's good. So now everyone wants to see what's going on. So you're going to get more people that aren't even buying it because they wanted to actually read it. You're getting people that are buying it because it's popular. Right. So they're not going to resonate with it at all. They just right. oh, it's popular. I had to. But who gives a up. crap because it's selling now, and people yeah. are like, you know, it, it's yeah. like let let them hate buy it. Are you kidding me? Look, Knock yourself out. I generally I generally don't really care about reviews, but I will be honest. I have looked up like YouTube reviews and stuff like this, and like it's hilarious how you know it's it's you know this thing's too much like the original. It didn't take any chances, and then another one is like this is too different for what I want. It's not exactly like the cartoon. So I just feel like those are if those are the two extreme reviews you're getting, then I yeah. feel like some we're definitely hitting the middle, which is why the goal was is to do a cool book you know like work with with drew moss who i think is an incredibly underrated artist yeah like have him on a book where he sings where we can do something like a visually interesting fun book um how cool is that so yeah like, so, so we have that anyway we have that that's the book we have um if it's selling great and more people are reading it brilliant you know and um i mean i i hope i hope everyone who reads it like can't wait for the next issue and goes check out everything else because the weird thing is when i did moon knight which was kind of the biggest thing i had done all of a sudden everybody was like oh i for ever ever since then it's been like oh i first saw your stuff on moon knight which is brilliant because i'm so proud of that book but i had been doing books for years before that so i realized this thundercats is going to be the first book that people will write see my name on in a lot oh, of even yeah. though i've done batman and you know um what the hell else have i done like Alien. and stuff like that Alien, he's like, he's writing aliens. Like, oh, I like aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, great, great, good. Yeah. Um, but just from the sheer numbers, this is going to be the, like probably people's first Declan Jolly book. And uh, I, I just did not think that when I took this gig, that's what <laughs> I was sure. signing up for. Yeah. I, uh, I love that. Uh, yeah, no, it, th as far as the tone, the, the direction of this book, <clears throat> at least as far as the first issue is concerned, it is, it, it's, it's a nice balance between what you remember from the show, but also making it kind of like, uh, updated for the, uh, for the, for the average viewer. Uh, we got a chance to talk about it a little bit, um, on our show, uh, literally last night, like we, my, my wife and I were just talking about the book and I was like, this is cool because, <clears throat> uh, the, because when I was what I remember re-exposing myself to the show long after I'd seen it, um, you know, decade or more between you know, decades bef between watching it. And I'm like sitting there and it come it came on TV and I'm like, oh man, Thundercats, turn it on five minutes into it. I'm like, I gotta turn this off. <laughs> the dialogue is dreadful, the, the story is for me, like I understand. But like, but the mythology is something that can't be denied. And that's the thing about like, mm. that's the endless potential of a care of, of a, of a universe with striking iconography mixed with yeah. uh, unbridled nostalgia. Yeah. Like you can really, <clears throat> yeah, you got, you got, you got, uh, you got ore to mine with that. Yeah. I mean, nostalgia is a powerful thing. I'm realizing now. Uh, <laughs> the numbers. Um, but like, um, you know, th that cartoon was so cool. Yeah. You know, even if like I don't I didn't remember a lot of it, but I just remembered it was cool. Lino looks cool. Panther looks cool. Thunder That's tank. where like, I'm at. It was all the Thunder Tank looks cool. I didn't yeah. remember enjoying it. And like a lot of things from my childhood I don't want to rewatch because I'm like, I enjoyed mm -hmm. it and I know it'll be bad if I watch it again. 
<laughs> right. I like, I like no offense to to fans of uh, of the cartoon. Like I did, I did rewatch a lot of it, and you know, <clears throat> it's of its time. It's a little clunky. Um, yeah. you know, um, it's um, it does a lot of weird things. Um, and my approach was to basically streamline it and kind of make it something that's more, I don't say palatable to new audiences, but like um, you know, just make characters that you care about. Yeah. And um, you know, a comic is a different medium to uh, to you know, a 30 minute um, or 20 minute episode. Um, so really it was adapting the franchise for lack of a better word for, for the medium. Um, also trying to make something like, you know, I definitely had an idea. I'm like, I'm going to do like this mature, not mature, but like grounded sci-fi um, interesting version. And then I read, look, I watched the cartoon. I'm like, actually, this is very sci-fi already. I'd actually don't, I thought I was being way more inventive than I really was, you know, um, but I, <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure it was yourself I was talking to, um, but um, before, but it was to me, it's just like grounding it to a degree where these are characters that you are going to relate to, and then the further we go, the world will expand. And there's so much mythology. I mean, there's actually so much mythology. I think the book, this book, could go on a hundred issues, you know, because yeah. everything I've planned so far, so far, is really just kind of core. The core, not not origin story, because I don't. I, that's not what I mean. Just like the first days where they're setting up. So by the time what I have planned so far is kind of where the first episode takes place, because then everything's game. Um, but also injecting, like to be fair to the first issue, it sets the tone more than it tells a lot of a story. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know, if I'm introduced to this this world, just info dumping. Like the the mythology is, uh, it would put me right off. I'd be like, oh, whatever, I don't care. And the reader you would know? know. They'd they'd be able to read into it. They'd be like, oh, well, you're you're just info dumping me. You're you're yeah. just contextualizing it. You know, you're giving me. You know, only only Star Wars can give you a big wall of text at the beginning of your presentation, <laughs> yeah. and people yeah, yeah. will still be gripped by the time it's over. Uh, but with comics, you gotta you gotta get into it. You gotta give us character. And you gotta get twenty. The world. We had twenty four pages. We had like a couple of extra pages for that. Twenty four pages to introduce you to a world and you know did it as like nate cosby was was great it was his idea to keep the origin to one page that first page totally i think i was thinking of maybe five <laughs> but you know uh, just because i i was thinking he's in a little but you know what you just need to get that page out of there in order to start like just being with the characters you know um so no i mean i, I like it's weird looking back at it now because there's so much attention and there's been so many reviews I'm like, was that the right thing I did? But no, I, 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 I feel like I've got <laughs> good instincts for like in the world looking at you, like <laughs> yeah. But but look, everyone's you know whatever anybody thinks is totally fine. But I I'm you know ultimately really my audience is Drew, and if Drew's enjoying it and he cares and he's got stuff to, like I you know I remember writing this the you know Thunder Thunder Thundercats whole scene and I was like oh man. Oh, I wish I was drawing this. this yeah, I know, I know I'm onto something when I'm like, I wish I was drawing this. Uh, and then he comes back with this really like, you know, even with the three panel page, yep. like he kind of moved the panel borders a bit so the sword kind of, sword kind of pops Extends. out. Of it. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done that. Like I, I, I had something else in mind, but I, his version is a tweet version of what I would have done. But it's it's better, you know. So um, uh, ultimately that's it. Is like I just want Drew to. Because Drew loves like loves Thundercats, and mm. he wants to do it all. I think it's my job to kind of go, no, we're going to do this, <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll get to it, you know. Um, yeah, and everything he comes. So that's really as long as he's energized. I I think like we we're saying about excitement, 
Right. He's excited. He's going to be excited drawing it, and then the pages are going to be cool, and then the reader is going to enjoy it. I do. I, I, you know, it's a subjective argument, but I think that does go a big way into, you know, the reader being excited about about what they're reading is 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 you're channeling that through the pages, um, and if and if you're not if you're bored and you're not interested, I think that has an effect too as well. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm excited to see more of. Uh... The Thunder gets up against their villains because as much as like you have this menagerie of really fun, colorful characters that all have a very distinct personality that is de- by design uh, from committee, uh, but throwing them up against like these 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 antagonists, like you know the, the I, I don't remember their names, the reptile guy, the gorilla guy, the slide <laughs> and uh, monkey and, and thank you. To be fair, I had to look it up in right. order to get it right. I don't have them in happen. front of me. I'm sorry, but yeah. uh, you know, but it's like the, well, each. Well, it, oh god. Oh, I'm sorry. Just gonna say. I mean, I think it's it's probably clear that like slide is really the the main. He is the main guy. Yeah, no, you know, which is yeah. which works out for me because he was my first Thundercats action figure. Was the was was Sly. Ah, okay. He's so distinct uh, and fun looking, and yeah. To me, the 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 mutants. I mean, you know, just calling them mutants just seemed a bit obvious. Yes. So I mean, that's why you can see I'm alien alienizing. Uh, you know, like Mutants and Plunder. Like I'm trying to make it a little bit more sci-fi, but um, mm-hmm. to me, those there were always there was there wasn't much to them. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that they were like at war with the with the Thundercats and or Thundarians and stuff like I just feel that's more he's more of a relatable character than say Mamra, who is you know will build to that, but like you know him. Even the first episode, the way he kind of shows up and then he sees his reflection and he's like, "Wow!" Uh, like, yeah, going, what the hell? Um, oh, I know. No, so... I, I, I never <laughs> even. I, 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 it took me forever to like even lock down. Like, what is this odd? Like, who came up with the idea of like, well, naturally, the 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 enemy of cats is mummies. So we'll have to build that uh, <laughs> that tension up. Like, I, like scared of toilet like, paper. I mean, well, aren't your cats? <laughs> no, that's true. Actually, though, the toilet paper thing is that uh, yeah, he he hates them just from an, on a visceral level because he knows they want to play with him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Uh... Don't give me ideas, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> right, Lionel's like, I've got you now. Unraveling him. Just... <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right, so we'll wrap it up here, uh, unless you want to keep it going. But like, of course, we have to. Uh, talk about the fact that um oh so how when you did your research for thundercats when you were like all right i'm gonna watch the show were there any episodes where you because i know a lot of uh, creators who do adaptations or reinterpretations you know they're like i gotta i gotta see everything that there was so i know never to do that Hmm. was that kind of your approach or are you kind of like oh this episode like in season two is actually kind of interesting i think i might uh, have something there no i you know what i did i watched the first 10 okay and then i googled best thundercast episodes because i <laughs> thought it was a lot that's totally fair yeah yeah it's a lot of them i i forget i forgot like the season season's like 40 episodes or something like, it's it's insane it's no i back then because they were built to be in syndication they were like no the first yeah. episode the mm. first season will be 48 episodes and then the next episode season will be 52 and then we'll be done we don't have to make any more show because it'll be in syndication and we'll just yeah, roll like it just got it got very clunky to watch them you know once you know um, the music cues get, and I'm not putting it down at all. I'm just saying, you know, like it's of its time. Yeah. Um, a lot of the music cues are very like there's like three music cues That's... and they're just played over and over again. Oh. And to watch it to watch it all in one go was a little grueling. So I just oh yeah, it was something I remember I learned when we worked on Moon Knight. Warren told me he read the first 
five issues of Moon Knight, and that was it. Wow. Um, and I was like, okay. I mean, you're Warren Ellis, you can do that. Right. Um, <laughs> like, and, you know, and figure it out. Um, yeah. But when, you know, I remember when I did, and when I was on Alien, I did something similar. I just watched the first two movies and I think the two newest ones mm. to figure out what I did and didn't like or what I did and didn't want to do. Yeah. You know, Marvel gave me all of like the backlog, all the previous material they'd reprinted, and they give it all to me, like you know. Um, but I was like, oh, it's great. I don't want to get so bogged down in a universe before I have an idea first. You know, like I just felt yeah. I'd have an idea, and you know, I think I had three ideas, and uh, one of them had been done before, so I was like, ah, damn it. But but that's fine. I think that's more. It was more um, constructive to have an idea that was done rather than read everything and just fall under the weight of the continuity absolutely um, uh, i wanted to be as fresh as i could so it was the same with thundercatch like i i am um, i i know a lot about what happens you know i, I you know i did my research but yeah. i just kind of stopped watching the episodes after a while um and i didn't watch the new the newer the reboot season yeah, yeah. but i think um i was thinking the other day when i do I do this first year if Dynamite keep me on. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I could. I think I'll have more confidence looking at other bits of lore because I'm starting with the original. What am I doing with my hands? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 st- I'm, I'm starting with basically the the beginning, and I'd like to pick and choose from other universe. But I think once I have my first year down, I, yeah. you know, that is my take, and I'll feel more comfortable looking at other elements of the lore too to bring in you know um I, yeah. like i do have there's a, there is you know was when we get by the time we get to the first arcs finished some of the lore you'll see i'm bringing it in but um i think it would be nice to take a general look at more once that foundation is is down for the yeah. moment i just really want to keep it down to like the core elements and build story excuse me story from character before i kind of bring it out more if that makes sense yeah absolutely um before we wrap up i have to ask you to tell everybody about old dog and where it uh, oh. is, and what it's all about and because it's your creator own book and i want to see if we can sell a couple copies oh thanks very much man um old dog um uh, volume one is out now um the next edition will be out later this year but um uh, old dog is a story about uh this grizzled old cia um agent who just before his retirement um is involved in this crazy um accident that effectively gives him kind of like super soldier uh, abilities but when he wakes up the world around him has changed and he basically is recruited by this um dark cia agency to um you know basically like do nick fury shit okay um except (laughs) except he's old and grizzly he looks like clint eastwood but he could punch people through walls yeah um I'm not sure I'm really selling it very well. <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 a grizzled, uh, you know, super soldier story. Yeah, yeah. Like if you like, if you like books like um, Sleeper or uh, the way I've been, I've put, was pitching it when the book came out was um, it's Winter Soldier meets um, uh, the Americans. Uh, is how I was putting it. Um, like you know, espionage, kind of a little bit of superheroics, um, a moody character who um, growls through scenes, um, <laughs> and his. Um, uh his his estranged daughter who hates him who is forced to work with him um but it's basically done in one issue it's just a big fun action espionage superhero book um that i write draw color design i do everything on it it's oh, the one God. book i've done where it's all 
all of me. Yeah, is this the like, first? Uh, this, this is the first like Declan Shalvey original where it's like all you you did you uh, you did the coloring the the write the writing the the lettering or did you do the lettering? I'm sorry. Uh, no, no lettering. <clears throat> Actually, no. I know it's a completely no. different skill set. So it's like it's it's a uh, it's an art. It's a, it's I did I did art. before I, I did in my indie days. I, I lettered um, my first job was uh, drawing a comic and I lettered it too. I'm like, no, I hate this. This is. <laughs> Um, so no, I asked Clayton Coles to letter it, and he does a oh uh, very nice. Great job. I, I had done it on a Hulk one shot. Um, I did a Mortal Hulk one shot called Flatline, and mm-hmm. that was my first time writing, drawing, coloring um, a, a comic. And I really I enjoyed it so much. I'm like, I want to do this more. So I I just started Old Dog right after that, and then nice. there was the X Men Unlimited stuff. I colored that too. So I just um, I didn't think of myself as coloring myself that much, but I actually really enjoy it now. So oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, we uh, we actually did. You and I did an interview where we talked extensively about your X Men and limited right. series. But folks, you haven't you already checked me. I've talked out. to a lot of people. Oh, I know, no, 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 I know. But I'm, I I wanted to transition to just mention, like, folks, if you are, haven't already, uh, Declan Shelley also worked on the uh, Infinity comic with uh, Jonathan Hickman on the uh, that that like vertical book about Wolverine, where it's, if you've had the image of Wolverine falling or going through space, that was this was this gentleman's book, and you worked your yeah, ass. If Wolverine off on was fall. If Wolverine was falling, I was drawing it because. Exactly. <laughs> It's the only thing <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly but uh yeah it was a fun experiment for you um but uh but that's another another book since we're just mentioning your your bibliography we're like oh uh, let's just go let's go through them all all right yeah just just, just, just chip away our thunderbolts too uh fine we'll talk about yeah that. uh yeah. you know all, uh, it's all all the thunders come in full circle you know exactly exactly um and uh yeah but uh before we do that or before we go um Folks, if you want uh, Declan Shelby to draw more Daredevil, be sure to tell uh, Marvel because uh, Declan Shelby's never done Daredevil, if you can believe it. Punisher, Moon Knight, Thunderbolts, uh, I've Batman. I've written little short stories. I've done little short yes. stories, but like not, not uh, like, you know. You never got it. You never, you know, you didn't yeah, have a... Never grabbed have a, him. Slipped yeah. out of my hands just to see. <laughs> Slippery little devil. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I'm but, write uh, that one down. I might get yep. to use it in three Dude, years' time. Slippery that's a that's a good little... that's a name that's a good name that's a good name for devil. an for an issue. Slippery, slippery yeah. devil. Oh, I like that. Uh, Declan Shelby, thank you so much for being here, man. Uh, congratulations on your success. Uh, Thundercats is oh, on so. shelves in select stores because it's pretty much sold out, but uh, it's going to second printing. So, folks, uh, if you can get it, yeah, get on the ground floor. If I may out. say so, please. If I may say so, I think I'm pretty sure soon there's going to be news about issue two. Oh, great! Um, if you have bought issue one, I think you're going to want to get issue two. There's, um, I'm, I'm sure Dynamite are have a big press release about it soon. So, uh, keep your eye out. Excellent, excellent. I will. All right, good tease. Uh, but uh, of course, if you want more, you can always visit Declan Shalvey's website. Uh, I believe it's DeclanShalvey.com. Uh, you can follow Boom. along there, and uh, we'll see you guys then. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed today's episode of Absolute Comics. My name is Benny, that is Sal. Today's interviews were with Christopher Priest about Vampirella 666 and Thundercats 1 with Declan Shelby. I hope you guys enjoyed that and our discussions. Let us know what you think about Red Hulk in the comments down below. Do you want Scar to return? Because no one else does. And what did you think about Batman and the Joker? Let us know in the comments down below, and we'll see you next week at Absolute Comics.